Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacey Mitchell. We've got Gabe behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. Number 11 in the country. I was one off last week. Those just came out yesterday at the Remax on R4 convention. Very exciting. And you can st- see us live streaming every week on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Give us a follow. Give us a like. So the market's been pretty interesting the past 7, 12, 15, however many days you want to look at it. And it looks like the housing market pulled a bit of a head fake in the month of January. And now there's all this fallout that's come since with rates going up showings pulling back so i want to just kind of talk through this with you two here because there's a lot of people that are confused about what's going on right now i mean we've seen that rates have been pushing up today they were coming in they were flirting with 6.75 the end of last week and that's on a 30-year fixed loan at 6.75 percent uh this week let me see if i can pull up the numbers for today from our friends at mortgage america Hold on. Of course, the Internet's not cooperating. Anyway, I, th- I was seeing like six and a half, six and five eighths, yep. something like that. And typically, this is the thing that, that, that a lot of people are confused about is that when rates go up, inventory typically goes up. This is the norm. And that's just not happening right now. So what do you guys think about all this? It's exactly what we're seeing out there. <laughs> the inventory is, doesn't feel like it's going up um, in what I've been experiencing the past couple of weeks has been, I think, um, more unprecedented than what we went through before when at the peak of COVID when it was such a feeding frenzy. I've talked to other agents, one yesterday that had a listing on the market for like four or five days. Um, they had 30 offers mm. and 80 showings. Wow. So, Can you give us some context on the price point and where it's located? The price point was... I believe it was three seventy five. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yes. Keep going. Do you want the location? Uh, that, I mean, I, that's the it's, median price point. That's yeah. I think it, you know, if it was an eight hundred thousand dollar home, I would have been probably more shocked. Right. So yeah. that 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 doesn't surprise me too much. So, um, you know, and my first thought was like, oh my god, why didn't you shut it down? Like, how do you just sift through thirty offers? You know. Right. Um, yeah, and he 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 sounded like he was you know th- just got kicked and beat up for the weekend. You know, mm-hmm. he he really sounded like that. Um, and he kind of explained that that's exactly what happened to him, like fielding everything. Um, so, and that, and from personal experience too, with having a listing on the market and having, uh, you know, a tremendous amount of showings, tremendous amount of walkthrough in the uh, open house and the multiple offers. But we did um, set, you know, a, an earlier um, mm-hmm. <laughs> offer deadlines to not yeah. have the craziness of 30 offers. Because I honestly believe if we would have let it extend through the weekend, it would have been that nuts. Right. Um, you know, where do where do all the offers, they start to look the same after a mm-hmm. while. There's mm-hmm. a couple that stand out and then the rest start to blend in. But um, yeah, I we are feeling that full effect of, um, you know, it's the very, very competitive market at this point. Yeah. Well, there is one, there's a comp, I did not have the listing for this, nor did I have the buyer for this. But there is a property that I've been keeping my eye on because it's a comp for something that I'm trying to get mm-hmm. going here. 
uh, listed at 725 went in two days and I'm sure went what well, like they priced it um, I think below I mean I'm sure they got they got offers offers over that so even at some of these higher price points mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. there's another one that I was looking at for a buyer client of mine that was in the sevens and um, I think it was only on the market for maybe three days and like oh. then they already had like I think the offer deadline was yesterday mm-hmm well, and it's, it's almost case by case with these properties. The reason I was not – 30 offers at a $700,000 home would have been oh, yeah, a little more was, shocking yeah. than, oh, than yeah, 375 yeah. because yeah. there's so many first-time home buyers and these millennial buyers that have been shut out. Mm-hmm. It's – you know, I, I've been studying a lot of, like, historical, like, recession cycles and what usually happens. And, I mean, what, what goes up must come down. I mean, we've been on a 10-year run here of an increasing market dating back to 2012. So this was already too good to be true, like, five years ago. Most economic cycles are five to seven years. That's historically what they look like. And we're going to get to some of the reasons behind that in our next segment from a very interesting comment from a, a very influential billionaire in the U.S. But we're seeing that these, the, the, this as interest rates go up, and it was 6.625 to the rate today. So that's actually a little more favorable because they were creeping up towards seven for a bit. They didn't hit seven yet, which is good. Historically, when these rates come up, inventory comes up. And we're looking at purchase applications last week alone. They're down 18%. They've hit levels not seen since 1995. And part of that reason is there's no there's, there's not the properties to buy. It's it, because you can't file an application without an agreement of sale. It's not that there's not pre-approvals, I'm sure, are up. That's not the issue. And weekly housing t- inventory is down by 6,801 homes and new listing data is negative year over year, although we're higher than where we were last year because more more homes sold. So it's it, you know it, there, there's a higher supply sitting on the market, and with all this going on, I, I it it feel it felt like we were in a recovery at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, all this has happened, and now there's all these ramifications, and we're going to talk about what the Fed's going to do in the next segment because I think that's that important. How, how are you explaining this to clients right now? Because, I mean, I'm sure they're if, – if we feel like there's mixed signals, I don't, I don't see how they don't. I mean, it, it's got to be the, even more confusing for the buyer or the seller that's in the marketplace right now, especially if they don't have a pulse on, on housing data or financial markets. I mean, I think we're – not that we ever, like, fully left this, but I think that we're back to if you see something that looks like a good fit, we need to get out there. Mm-hmm. ASAP, you know, like we don't know how long this will this will stay for. Um, and again, just kind of hitting on the importance of you really can't time the market. Like, let's make sure it fits with your price point and it's what you're looking for. And if those things, you know, check, don't worry about, you know, feeling like, well, the interest rates might drop it a little bit. Yeah, but this house won't be there anymore. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, just kind of like, you know, trying to explain those pieces to them. Yeah, same thing, Sarah, just trying to get them uh, on board with the local market and what's happening locally and what I'm seeing out in the field, so to speak. Um, The other thing I've been guiding my clients is having them prep with being uh, pre-committed, going through the underwriting process with their mortgage company so that we come in stronger. Uh, There's a lot of cash offers out there that we're competing with. So at least, and, and the clients I'm working with right now that are very, very motivated they don't have that option. Mm-hmm. So at least if they can get through underwriting um, right off the jump, we can kind of go in and present possibly like cash similar offer mm-hmm. uh, just to give any kind of leg up, you know. What kind of timeline does that usually take for them to get that done? 
I think it's an extra week. Yeah, it's, it's well, if you have a good lender, yeah. an extra week. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So honestly, while they're looking for specific, um, you know, parts of where they want to live and for the inventory to come on the market, um, take this opportunity now to go mm-hmm. through that process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I what what I anticipate happening here is I think that there's going to be some people that say, "Hey, I'm going to wait for rates to come down." Because I'm clear rates will be lower the second half of the year. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I mean, they're, they're not going to stay this high as long as they are. It's w- with what the Fed's doing, which, which again, we're going to get to in the, in, in the second segment here. It's th- they're raising rates now for the hope that I think they're, they can bring them down as more inventory comes on the market later in the year. I think that's their play at this point. Um, the Fed meetings notes got released from the last meeting. I want to share the most aggressive language I've heard to date from the Fed. This, this is verbatim from the notes. The staff noted, uh, quote, I should probably say quote. So this is verbatim from the, from the Fed meeting notes. Quote, the staff noted that measures of valuations in both residential and commercial property markets remained high and the potential for large declines in property prices remained greater than usual. That's the most aggressive language I've heard from the Fed about the housing market. And it seems like they're the only ones talking about the housing market. There's no mention in the State of the Union or anything else that goes on. Do you see that prices? Do you think prices are going to come down and are rates going to come down? Like, what what do we see happening now? Because this is this is the first time I've seen them say prices are going to be coming down. That's really aggressive. Where did they get the data to to indicate that? I mean, I didn't I didn't read the full forty yeah. page of notes, so. <laughs> And and, no, and, just they, and there's no data. I think they're saying that the, that it's possible. The possibility's high. Okay, because it sounds kind of like definitively that that's what the, it's going to happen. Right. The, I mean, I think without I guess, in, well, without potential. a lot more inventory coming out, I just don't see how that would happen. Yeah. So, so here, here's what I anticipate is going to happen. Um, I, I if I'm a seller right now. I'm not messing around with this anymore mm-hmm. because inventory is going to come up at some point. I mean, if rates keep creeping up and if you look at what the predictions are for the next Fed meeting, it's in 22 days. The predictions are that they're going to be raising rates again, and it went from almost a 0% chance that you see a 50 basis point increase. That's actually increased pretty dramatically from the CME Group's Market Watch tool, where there's a 75.3% chance you see 25 basis points, and there's a 24.7% chance you see 50 basis points. Wow. A month ago, there was a... Zero, or it was only like 15% that you saw a uh, 25 basis point increase. So that, that number's jumped up here as we've gotten into February. So what, what, what I, don't, I, don't, I agree with you. We're, in, we're, and we're seeing some of the lowest inventory in the country in Philadelphia right now uh, and in, in, in the greater Philadelphia area. If inventory starts to balloon and then rates come down, I could see prices getting a little softer. I think what mm-hmm. you're going to stop is the 30 offers. I don't think you're going to see yes. – I, I just – Sellers can't keep riding this wave. Like, mm-hmm. if they're going to sell, I would be th- – this is it. Like, mm-hmm. this is your chance. I, I think it's actually silly to wait much longer mm-hmm. because the second half of the year, I think, is going to be pretty tough for a lot of people. And I think it's going to be tough for real estate agents because rates are, are where they are. Inventory is still going to come up. I just, and if you're doing the right things, you'll sell a lot of houses. There's still going to be 4 million homes that sell. We've talked about that at length internally and on the show here. I, if I'm a seller, I want my home on the market now. I'm not messing around with waiting until, like, green grass comes in or – waiting until May or, or all that stuff because you guys have given case study after case study. The homes are selling really quick. I think uh, some sellers have reservation because they do have these low interest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to sellers yesterday and they were like 2.75. 
Now, their well, the, motivation is different. They're moving out of state. Well, the, and, that, and that's the difference. That's yeah. the only that, that's the people that are going to move. Right. So but for folks that are just looking to upsize, downsize locally, mm-hmm. that's that's something difficult for them to try to, you know, <laughs> to try to entertain and to give up, so to speak. Right. Um, but I agree. I don't know. You know, if there's 30 offers on a home where there's only one person that wins that deal. Right. Mm-hmm. So where do those other 29 people go to the next one and the next one and the next one? Mm-hmm. And as each of those houses um, go further and further over asking price, they become comps. Mm-hmm. Right. So where does it end? You right. know, but I agree if the inventory were to increase, it would soften it a bit. I don't I don't see where the the prices would come down. Anything drastic, though. Right. I don't see the prices coming down either, but the Fed does. And right. I, and this is also market by market. Right. What you guys are talking about right here. I mean, yes. you're in some other places. We've already seen prices come down in some other markets where they were yes. sky high. We're in a very fortunate area where we're in a stable market. Mm-hmm. You know, in 2008 to 2012, we didn't see those lows that you saw in like Arizona, Nevada, Ohio, Florida, California, where they had all the foreclosures happening. Those are the top five foreclosure states. Mm-hmm. We didn't see that here. Right. Um, so that's very fortunate. It's just I don't it, I there there's there's something going on here where the, where the Fed is they're just going to keep doing this and 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 we're going to talk about the Fed next I think it's that important of a topic we got to keep it separate so how do you exp- like so a buyer and a seller they're they're you know they're they're unsure about what to do they don't know what to do they say rates are going up should I wait should I not I mean I I think there is merit for some buyers to wait right now if inventory is going to come up and rates are going to go down I think it's got to be situational based on their motivation. I, I agree. Situational, based on the motivation, if people have leases that are coming up and they don't want to renew for a full year, um, then it, there are a couple of the folks that I'm dealing with now. They don't want to sign another year lease. They really do truly want to get into something. They've sat back and they lost mm-hmm. out on the 4% interest, the 5%. So now they're like, we're just going to take a leap of faith and get into a house. Mm-hmm. Um, when I sit down and, and go over their cost sheet, and show them what it's going to take to get into a home and what their monthly payment is, typically it's less than their rent. So to them, it makes financial sense, mm-hmm. and they want to get started. They want to get started on on building equity in, in their home. Yeah. I mean, I would say for different clients that I'm talking to, again, when they there's, there's a reason, the motivation is there, let's make sure the numbers make sense. Let's make sure that, like, this is the house that you want. Mm-hmm. But if, if that all works, then I don't – I don't see a reason to wait because, you know, we may be able to say, you know, we think rates are going to come down in the future. We think, you know, all of these other homes are going to come to market. But you kind of have to take what you have in front of you at the current time if the motivation is there and if it makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the challenges for a lot of these folks is that the housing market cannot find stability with the volatility in rates. I mean, we've seen rates literally go up and down a whole point over the past two months. And at one point, they were like 5.875. Now they're back up to six and three quarters. And, you know, it, uh, Logan Motoshami was on CNBC, and he feels that if rates come at like that 5.75% range or lower, everyone's take on housing will change. It's just not happening yet because the Fed's not allowing it. And that's why I, I, they're talking about in this report, well, we're going to keep rates up here. Is that going to force the market to crash? I mean, that that's what they've been talking about in all the meetings. So. Right. I, it, th- this is where we're, we're going to talk about what, what the Fed's doing in the next segment here. I just, it, it's such a volatile market. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like you got to be studying this like almost like multiple times a day to know how to educate your your clients and your consumers. So how do you guys handle like if when, when you're having these conversations with folks, what are you saying to them? Because there's a lot of realtors out there. They're going to say, it's always a good time to buy, Sarah. What are you talking about? <laughs> or Stacy, it's always a good time to sell. Realtors do this. They're like parrots. And in times like these, when we're on this brink of this, this weird recession, because we're seeing all these mixed signals, people are going to stop believing real estate agents because of this salesmanship that they always think they need to say, because they're putting their interest ahead of their clients. So how do you guide people through this? Because there will be people that sell. You've all done transactions mm-hmm. in the past 30 days. So in, uh, during all of this, and they're probably happy to transact is my, is my guess. In most cases, what are you saying to folks to guide them through and navigate all this? Because that's where a lot of agents are struggling. And this is where a lot of consumers are struggling because the consumers don't know who to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Cause uh, you know, if you do turn on the local news and <laughs> you listen to what's going on, just driving in today, I heard that the real mm-hmm. estate market's going to crash. Right. You know, so, and that's, that was on a national, but, um, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, not what I'm seeing locally. But how I guide my clients is it's really, first of all, I listen to what they're telling me. Mm-hmm. I listen to what their situation is, it, and I, I gauge their level of interest in, in getting into the housing market and what it's going to take. Do they Are they really serious, and do you have the fortitude? Because sometimes you have to put a new number of offers in to get mm-hmm. one accepted. It's tough out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they have a very strong desire and this is their that's their goal, I'm going to be there for them and help them through this process. That's mm-hmm. what I'm here for. It's not for me. It's not my decision. I help them along. I'm like the tour guide, you know, to right. get them through and give them the best advice mm-hmm. and best sure. guidance based on my experience and transactions. Um, but that's that's what I can do for my clients. I love tour guide and just the word guide in general. I think it's really important. I, I think sometimes you got to say like, hey, Sarah, you're right. Rates are high right now. Mm-hmm. And here's everything else going on in the market. How do we want to navigate this? And 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 like when I when I look back at what I did in 2008 to 2012, and this is not going to last that long. This is maybe I think we got a year of this and then things will start to stabilize a little bit just because of what the Fed did, which we're going to unpack next. It, if you just give people the facts, people are going to say, you know what? You did this, right? Rates are rising. You bought a house anyway. Yeah. And you were like, hey, you know what? We're doing it. It doesn't matter because your right. situation was something that dictated that. It wasn't timing the market. It was timing your life. Right. And and that's yes. the people that are moving. Um, you know, so in my view, I, I just see that if agents are going to throw all the sales nonsense out the window mm-hmm. and say things like, hey, Stacy, you're right. Rates have gone up a bit. Mm-hmm. And maybe it does make sense to wait. What are you looking for or what's important to you about moving and understanding that? Then you're meeting folks where they're at and you're just going to have to talk to way more people. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go on more appointments and you can do all that during a time like this as a real estate agent. But if you're one of those people just saying, I don't know what you're talking about. The market's great for everybody. That's who's going to lose market share. Yeah. And you know what happens when you lose market share? You never get it back. Mm. Now, it's almost. Have you ever seen a company lose market share only to get it back yes. later? You have? No. Okay. All right. No. No, no, that was quick. I was right. yes agreement agreeing with. I you. got you. I, I yeah. <laughs> I, you're like, wait a minute. Uh, so, my, I, I it's so so critical right now that agents are. I'd be reading Housing Wire every day. I'd be reading Inman News to a certain extent. I'd be looking at uh, the uh, Logan Motoshami's Housing Market Tracker on a weekly basis. I'd be just make spending ten to fifteen minutes a day seeing what's going on 
so that you can understand what's happening here. I, I, I mean, what, what stuff are you guys reading right now so you can better educate your clients? I mean, I might have already covered it, but this is an important message that we need to get out to consumers and to agents. Because if you're if you're a consumer and your agent's not doing it, and maybe you're committed to them for whatever reason, you know, people don't make logical decisions. They use their third cousin twice removed because their dad might get mad at them. At least you should get informed. Is my point. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people really, I mean, it's all about building trust with your clients. And if you're coming off that salesy and it's all about the sale and the deal and the deal, they're going to sense that they know that they don't, people don't appreciate that. I don't personally, right. You know, I know if somebody's in it for them or in it, uh, do they really have my interest yeah. at heart? Um, but yeah, I, I read, uh, KCM. I, I love every, I'm on their daily. What's KCM? Keeping current matters. Okay. Thank you. So I'm on their daily email and it comes through and I just open it up and catch up on that. Um, but there's, if you have the right resources, you should definitely spend the time and, and read up on this stuff yeah. so that you know what's going on. People ask questions. You, do you want to be caught off guard and not know what you're talking about? Right. This is your business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. Keeping current matters is great. Um, you know, throughout the week when we have different, um, like team meetings uh, where we're kind of recapping and maybe pooling from a couple different sources to get like the rundown. Um, I like that. I like NPR, which that's going to be typically, you know, they're talking more at a national level mm-hmm. on, on what's going on. But um, those are kind of the sources that I go to. I, I love, I love that you're going to different places and you're getting the same stuff. And what also is, I, I think you got to understand the national as well as the local. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's mm-hmm. not, they're not independent of each other because mm-hmm. The national stuff has to do with rates and like and and things that are going on uh, on a on a government level locally. Obviously, is a bit different. So that's a great point, Sarah. So, you know, we'll, we'll wrap this up here in a second. I guess the, the the point is, as volatile as the market is, you better understand it if you're buying or selling a home. Find an agent who does it, and if you're an agent that can't explain this, just just give us your business. We'll take care of it for we'll you. <laughs> Wouldn't pay your referral fee. I mean, it doesn't even matter. I'd be happy to do. I, and I I mean, I'm only half joking here because. People need guidance right now. When there's volatile times like this, folks want certainty on what's happening so they can make big financial decisions. Mm-hmm. You ever going to move out of your house, Sarah, that you just bought? I mean. Anytime soon? Not, I don't think anytime soon. Yeah, right? <laughs> you moving anytime soon? Not anytime soon. Me neither. And you know what? The reason I say that is people stay in their homes longer, so this is a bigger decision than ever. Mm-hmm. When I started selling real estate, the average time on, in a house was seven years. Now it's grown to almost 12. It's almost doubled. Wow. That's a large increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and rates have something to do with it, to your point. Moving also sucks. People want to stay places long term. There's a lot of things happening right now. So so get informed is the point. Watch the volatility regularly. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about how the Fed screwed this all up, according to billionaire Sam Zell. He said this, not me. I don't know if it's right or wrong. We'll debate it next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com. 
www.thepowerhouse.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender, NMLS 128501. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand-new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. We've got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018, the number 11 Remax team in the country. Very exciting. That's cool. Wow. I'm looking, I'm looking to be like number one in the world. So we got a lot more work to do here. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Give us a like. Give us a follow. So this might be one of my favorite quotes we've had in a while from someone that knows what they're talking about. So real estate billionaire with a B, Sam Zell. If you don't know who Sam Zell is, he is an American businessman. He is the founder and chairman of Equity Group Investments that was founded in 1968. And he's the chairman of several public companies listed on the New York Stock Exchange, like Equity Commonwealth, Covanta, Annexter, Equity Lifestyle Properties. Um, and he has an estimated net worth of $6.0 billion, according to Forbes. So he knows real estate. He know um, he he started off like managing like apartment buildings when he was younger, and that's how he built his wealth. And now he's got a fund. So he's a billionaire. There's not many of those. So he came out and basically said, and this, I mean, when you uh, he was on an interview with CNBC, and I'm going to read you the the full quote because a lot of these things get taken out of context. When you spread out free money for years at a time, you create significant drag, and I just don't see how we can. Or we are going to avoid a slowdown as the whole process comes to an end. The problem lies with the easy money policies, according to Sam Zell. And he went on to say, I think the Fed screwed up by allowing zero interest rates to go on too long. 
I think we are just beginning to pay the price for that. It would be nice to say that it would be great if the Fed got lucky. I've been around for 50 years, and I've never seen the Fed get lucky. He goes on to say, to be sure, uh, consumer prices in the U.S. rose 6.5% from a year ago through January from their peak of 9.1 in June. And he asked, is the definition of coming down going from 9 to 6%? The point is 6% is a serious problem. And preparing for disinflation would be very optimistic at this point. It's going to take a while for the inflation pressures to ease. And I think that's what we have to look forward to. So he's got a pretty rough view of what happened here. What do you two think about this? Because this does correlate to this interest rate and housing market instability and volatility we're seeing. I've got a theory on this, but I want to hear your reaction first. Well, I I have to agree about all the free money going out, and I think it was st- it's still continuing to happen. It, it is there is I, I'm going to get into that in a second. There is still way too much free money out there that yeah. is unregulated. We'll talk about that momentarily here. Yeah, um, I know that officially the pandemic is supposed to end in May, right? Um, but in the meantime, there's still kind of free money that's being distributed based on that emergency fund the emergency funding. So until something like that comes to a definitive end um, and the free money stops, we're not probably going to get really started on our recovery. Um, But I have to agree with what he's saying here. I mean, core inflation increased slightly. Um, So what the Fed is trying to do has not really been working for them. Now, they do say that it's been a success because the inflation rate came down nine to six percent their goal is what two percent yeah they, yeah they're not they haven't even gotten within Close. sniffing distance of, <laughs> of, the, of the of this here and i don't think they're going to right and i have other personal reasons why i don't think they're going to get there for other for you know the whole um fossil fuel industry which makes you know that carries all our goods to us so as long as that's still elevated and and super inflated i don't see how the cost of goods are going to come down dramatically to um, alleviate some of this inflation because that spans across the board. It spans on our food, you know, mm-hmm. the food increase mm-hmm. costs, our goods. It, it's across the board. So if that's not addressed, the inflation rates are going to still be high. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come down, especially to that 2%. So I have to agree with him. Right. And I mean, I think there's also, there is certainly like a lag effect there from where even if certain things do get under control or changes are made, like what has already been done, it's going to take, mm-hmm. there's going to be a recovery period um, even once things start, you know, even if different policy changes are made or, or different things are done to kind of combat things differently that are effective, we're still yes. going to see that um, that lag. Yep. So I, I've got a theory on this, that uh, the Fed made made all these decisions. And unfortunately, a lot of this, I believe, is political because it's like, the, you know, one one party gets elected. You know, the Fed yep. kind of switches things. Look at what happened with the NAR DOJ lawsuit. They basically right. flipped on it because a new administration came in. That's just a case study. I look at the the economy's like a fire, basically, right? And the Fed's trying to keep things moving. So if they see the the flame flicker like a little bit, they throw a bunch of wood on it. And then it just goes like out of control into like a bonfire that you're like, wow, I can't control this anymore. And then they start like dumping buckets of water on it when it gets out of control. And it, it's such extreme measures on either end instead of letting it play out a little bit. And it's called a free market for a reason. Because if it's a free market, you let it, like, play out. Like, what's going to happen? The pandemic, obviously, uh, which 
it's really going on, still going on. Is this like, did I miss the memo on this? Is this true? I think it's officially going to end in May. Oh, congratulations! They, they finally everybody. have a deadline for it. Correct. <laughs> they do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I I heard ape. Uh, who the hell knows? Um, so the, anyway, the point is that like you had that happen, and and it was so reactionary. And to me, when that happens, when people aren't spending money. Stop giving out the free money to folks. I mean, I, I, some of the the incentives that are out there, and there's this ERC stuff now. I don't know if you've been following this. This is like a whole other issue, um, which I'll, I'll get into. And I think there's these rogue companies that are giving people really bad advice, if you ask me. Um, it's a it's a, a employee retention uh, program with the CARES Act, so you can still get mm. a lot of money if you kept your payroll going. And People that are giving out this, that are advising folks on this, they take a percentage up front and they say, well, no one really checks this. This is verbatim what they said. So I'd be very nervous if someone's giving you that advice. But this is another example. They're like, well, the money's there. Let's just go get it. And, you know, and and people aren't worried about like they're they're, they're not keeping the receipts. Right. They're not they're not worried about what's going to happen in the long term. And what what the Fed has done is they just to me, the Fed should stop raising rates. I think they got to let this play out a little bit. We've heard this from a lot of other experts, most notably Logan Motoshami uh, from Housing Wire. And, you know, he's also the one that said, we're out of this savagely unhealthy market because time on market's r- risen. It's not like it's it's over 30 days, which I think is good for everybody. The Fed just can't stop tinkering with this. Right. You ever see like the person like they're trying to like, they're just like constantly like going around trying to like adjust things like like it's not it's never good enough. I feel mm-hmm. like they're like that tinkerer, and it's causing all these overreactions that are happening. I mean, look at what happened in January versus February. The head fake is a direct result of this. Right. But you have to give it enough time to see if what you're doing is working before switching it up again and confusing right. everything. Right. And they're using lag indicators to make all their decisions. Which instead is worse. of Well, it, you know, I mean— we talk about lead and lag indicators all the time in real estate. Right. You know, like, you could, like someone can say, well, I got five pending sales right now. If you haven't been on any appointments in three weeks, I don't care how many pending sales you have. You're, you're in trouble. Yep. Like that, that's purchase applications, inventory, the 10-year yield. Those are the things people should be focused on. And the, the volatility there demonstrates how much tinkering has been done because it's never been this volatile before, ever. I agree. Yes, yeah, so the public health emergency is ending May 11th, 2023. Just for Ooh. your FYI. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yes, they're they're a bunch of tinkerers, and it's kind of like when you when you're driving a boat and you turn too much, you mm-hmm. know, you, you turn too much. You have it's very small motions, but I think it's uh, they definitely should just leave well enough alone for a little while, just to let it play out six months to a year, see what happens. It's like homeostasis. It's mm-hmm. going to take care of itself if you just allow that to happen. Yeah. Well, they're not going to do that, though. No. So for, for the consumers that are out there, I mean, we've heard this before from a lot of people that the best bet against inflation is getting a 30-year fixed loan and buying a piece of real estate that is going to appreciate unless something crazy happens. Um, I mean, that, that's where a lot – if you look at so Sam Zell, right, he made billions of dollars in real estate. Um, and real estate is a great hedge against inflation, even, even though the Fed has been raising rates to tame inflation and – mortgage rates have gone up. I mean, do, do you see that as, I think that's for the, for the, for the every person that's out there. I mean, that's most people's largest asset. So mm-hmm. this is why we're kind of in this situation because you see these other parts of the economy, they're just going crazy and everything's great, but there's just not enough real estate to buy right now, which is, which is causing a bit of a problem. So how, you, you hear this, you hear the Fed's been doing all this. What, what do you, what do, what do you do as a consumer? 
Forget. I mean, I know what we're going to do as real estate agents, but what, what do you do as a consumer right now? It is hard to block out all the noise. Yeah. And I think that's what everybody just needs to do um, to some extent. Right. <laughs> because we can really only control what we have here. Right. We can only control ourselves and, and our immediate surroundings. Correct. Um, we're not going to control the Fed. We're not going to control the rates. We're not going to control those other things. But we have to get down to the basics of why, you know, we're in this doing what we're doing and, and helping our clients and what mm-hmm. our clients want to do. So I, I go back to, you know, find out from the clients where what's their goal? What do they want to do? Right. Um, yes. If they're they some are getting married, having babies and they they want a house, you know, right. these very basic you know, um, core values that people have. They want to start a family and mm-hmm. they want to be on their own, get out of, you know, mom and dad's house and have, or paying rent. They want to have their own place. Um, and that should be able to happen. Right. Well, and I mean, I think that with real estate, this is something that like, yes, it probably is your biggest asset, but this is also, also something that you can use while it's, building money for you and like mm-hmm. you know while it is um while it's like working for you you know you actually you're living in it you're using it everybody needs a place to live mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you're you're getting like the benefits of it while it's it's growing um and kind of working for you which is great cuz i mean some of these other well i mean i think it went on to list like fine art <laughs> as something which i mean you can like you can look at that while you have it so you can like appreciate it and like use it that, that is such like, that little... is such bad advice in this yeah. article though that they talked about i mean i would i would never i mean obviously there's like i i went to the museum of art for the first time a couple of weeks ago it's horrible um and <laughs> They're like, oh, this painting's worth $43 million. I'm like, great. I'm like, I'll <laughs> yeah. take the print for fifteen ninety nine. dollars To, the, to like, the person who wants to buy it, right? Right, right. Yeah. I, uh, there's not a utility for it, though. I think that's the, I right. mean, that, that, that's the, and wine is the other one. I mean, I, like, it's. Oh, my God. I would what? just end. Yeah, it was the other thing it listed. This was is a horrible article. Like, hang on to they it had for the a while. Quote, yeah. Right. No okay. chance. <laughs> I would end, I would like open it up one night and then be like, oh. Right. Well, there went that investment. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't live in your bottle of wine. No, you <laughs> sure can't. Genie, right? <laughs> you can't live in your art piece of art. You can live in your home, right? And it is. I mean, we have data that says the average homeowner's net worth is roughly forty times that of a renter's. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you you have to keep going back to that, right? It's a better investment than that forty. What? How much? What was the price of that piece of it was, art? It was a Monet piece. Some guy oh, told me, and okay. I just like great. I'm like. <laughs> So. Or the bottle of wine. Hey, look at my look at my right. forty million dollar bottle of wine, or whatever. Right. That's right. crazy. I would drop it. If, oh. Since two thousand five, I mean, Sotheby's Fine Wine Index went up three hundred sixteen percent. I think that's an example of what Sam Zell's talking about here. That I mean, who is? It's great to spend money on this stuff, but it's there's too much money in the system right now, and there's too much free money that's out there. And I think that that's mm-hmm. that is a fundamental problem that you know has 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 led to where we are. So. I mean, do you guys think the Fed screwed this up? I mean, what's your take on? Do you agree? Disagree? What, what, what's what, what's your what's your interpretation of what he said here? Yeah, I, I mean, agree. I I agree. I mean, I think that obviously inflation needs to be battled, um, but I I think the Fed needs to kind of hold off and let some things play out here. It's been proven that what they're trying to do is not working, and right. it hasn't. So they need to shift gears and have a different approach, which we know they're not going to do, but. If they would just step back for a second and just reassess and, and just let it play out for a little bit longer and, and see how it would, you know, eventually organically adjust, it, it would be better served for our country. 
One of the challenging things happening, and this data came out on Friday, is the January PCE, which stands for Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index. So basically what people are spending money on. Um, So U.S. stocks tumbled after we got a a hotter inflation reading. Um, The PCE rose 0.6% in January, and it increased 0.2% in December. Wall Street was expecting a half of a percentage increase. So now, now you see like inflation coming back up again. I think people felt like we were out of it a little bit, and we started seeing it going the other way. Some of the Fed's like, "Oh, what do we do now?" And they feel like they, this is the prime example of like, "Up, oh, the, the fire's a little bigger than we want." So let's let's like call in the when the choppers come in and dump the water on it, like the most <laughs> right. extreme thing. Right. Let's get the fire hose out, and it they, they can't stop tinkering and. Uh, you know, even companies like Berkshire Hathaway, they posted a 7.9% drop in operating profits in the first in the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, then Warren Buffett says, well, people that look at that are economically illiterate. So I, 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 it's almost like we're in like analysis paralysis here. It's like one measure comes out and it's up. It's a little off what we were expecting. And then the markets react and, and, and everything happens. So it, I would just, I would love the Fed just to back off here and, let this like give it a month or two and see what happens. I mean, these 30, 60 day evaluations with lag data, I bet you if they looked at February, it's going to be a lot more favorable than, than January, just being in the market and seeing what's happened with everything, you know, with, with housing and, and everything we're seeing here. Yeah. Yeah. They should wait six months. <laughs> okay. Stacy said it right here. Let's get Sam Zell on the line. We'll call Jerome Powell. Yep. The Fed screwed this up. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to go over the most Googled, real estate questions and answer them for you next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Mortgage I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtool with an e.com. 
Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacey Mitchell. We've got Gabe behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. The number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018 and the number 11 REMAX team in the country. Very exciting. And we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So, you ever heard of the term GTS, ladies? I don't think we can say what the S means. (laughs) Google that stuff. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Insert something else for stuff. I got it. Come on, I say this all the time. Now yeah. I know you guys don't definitely don't pay attention during any of the meetings we have. So thank you. The proof's in the pudding. I think um, you just say the whole thing out. You know, the whole term. I you usually don't use do say acronym. it. Yes. No. Yeah. We're on the robust AM radio waves here, so we don't want to we don't want to say anything inappropriate. Although Chris Smith did that last week, so he yeah. did say something. I, I think we got bleeped. So, um, so GTS, right? And and what I find fascinating is, and we've talked about this, most real estate agents. They focus on the stuff that the sellers and buyers really don't care about. They worry about pricing. They worry about fees. So what I thought we could do, because we're talking about being the guide, informing people, I went on Google here, and I typed in selling a home to see the most asked questions about selling a property right now. And that's where the market needs. We need more sellers. So I thought we could run through a couple of these and just how you answer those questions so the consumer can actually hear it. And we can give them real-life information from people that are out there transacting and helping a lot of folks. Sound good? And yeah. Sarah may have to leave early because she's got an appointment. So that's we'll, we'll just wave goodbye when it's time to go. So I think, I think you might be right on time, though. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so the first one was selling a home tips. Selling a home So I'd imagine what mm. this – so let's actually go to the search. I'd imagine what this means is what do you got to do to get your property ready or what's, like, the process like? So if someone said, hey – Stacy and Sarah, give me some tips on selling my home. What would you say? I mean, like in terms, uh, I mean, the most important Besides thing. Besides call me. I mean, right. that should be everyone's answer. <laughs> right. I mean, declutter, have clean surfaces, um, and don't put a, but like you need to talk to somebody who can explain to you whether doing certain things, if you're going to recoup that value mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Um, now what's interesting with that is I feel like there are certain people that even if they wouldn't get the money back on a project, if they've been in the home for a while, they really want it to show well. So they may be like embarrassed if they don't do all of these little things that they're not going to see the money back on. But my, my, I think my just most basic, like if you're not going to do anything else, clean it, like have it be clean and have it be an easy experience walking through. You don't want to be stepping over all the boxes and like not able to open doors, getting into certain rooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. So if they're, if, if that's what they're looking for, like tips to how to prep the home for, for market, I would agree with Sarah. The same thing. Declutter, declutter, declutter. 
just clear out as much mm-hmm. as possible. You can stack boxes in the garage. You don't need to worry about people. Buyers know that sellers are moving. Yeah. So don't worry about the boxes stacked up neatly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing would be, um, yeah, I, the return on investment for updating bathrooms, updating kitchens, probably not, especially in this market. Mm-hmm. Um, the exterior, power wash. That's probably the simplest, inexpensive thing you can do if you have any kind of green stuff on the outside of your home. It's like, right. Get rid of the green. You would be shocked at how beautiful the exterior of the home is going to look. Mm-hmm. Clear pathways. Um, you might want to flip some mulch in the front beds, you know, depending on the time of year. I think that those simple, simple tips, mm-hmm. and it just makes the world of difference presentation. Yeah. The tip I would give everyone is talk to more than one agent because over 70% of people hire the first agent they meet with. And if you're meeting with me, you're in great shape. Meet with one of these two, awesome. However, that's usually not the case. I mean, and all joking aside, it, it, you've got to get a couple different opinions. I mean, I've heard stuff that's insane to me that it's getting spewed out at these appointments. So my tip would be look at reviews online, Google your agent like GTS or GTA, Google that agent and see what kind of reviews they have, what's going on there, because I think that's equally important here. And a lot of folks don't really vet their agents out. They just based on a personal connection if they like them or not. So I, I, I think that's a really important thing to do. Um, Although I do think it also, is also important that you uh, that you like your agent, that you can like yeah, click agreed. and, and communicate with your agent. Because sometimes be there's like such different personalities that mm-hmm. even if they are qualified to, you know, do this and that, like if you can't communicate that through to each other, um, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. Yeah. And that's where the agent's got to be almost a chameleon because mm-hmm. they may not get along with the consumer in a mm-hmm. social real life setting. Right. And your job is to make them feel like you're on the same side mm-hmm. no matter what. And that is a skill. And there's some people out there, Byron talked about this at the event we had, like, oh, well, they don't like me for me. I'm not working. With, you know, most people you're not going to like in like a real life setting. I, I think that's just how it is. You've got to make the, the consumer feel comfortable there. And that's something an agent can work on because they should feel comfortable with you. Yeah. It's your job to make them feel comfortable. And if you can't do that, you're going to lose business. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're trusting you with their largest financial asset here. So, right. and I would also recommend that you find out what your agent's uh, marketing plan is. Yeah. How mm-hmm. are they going to market your do, home? Do they have a plan? Do they have a plan? Typically, yeah, they don't. Well, they have that three, <laughs> three point plan. Um, but yeah, that's very, very important uh, because you might see if you ask agents, you know, what is your marketing plan? You might see their eyes glaze over. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally agree. All right. Next one. Selling a home without a realtor. Ooh. We like these folks. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is an easy answer to me, but what, what do you two think? I mean, regardless of what your motivation to sell is or what is most important to you, whether it be a smooth transaction um, or netting as much as you can, you're going to get that by working with an agent. You putting it up by yourself, you're going to get, um, what is it, like 17%? Less. Uh, Bingo. Less. So uh, it went down last year. I think it's because of the market. Okay. I don't want to. Uh, it was 17% in 2021. It was 13% in 2022, according to Bright MLS. Yeah. This is documented and proven. Mm-hmm. If you want to sell your home for 13% less, don't hire an agent. Like that, that should be an ad. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And also, I don't under I don't know if people fully understand the complicated intricacies of a deal mm-hmm. going through the right. process. Right. The paperwork, the title, the tax certs, all that that is involved. 
Um, if if you're knowledgeable about that and you want to take the chance, uh, then there's folks out there that probably mm-hmm. want to do that. But um, there's a lot to buying and selling real estate. It's right. not just as simple as some people would think, just, you know, stick in your house on, you know, with a for sale sign in the yard. Right. And by hiring an agent, it doesn't mean that you have now left the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. You are still, you're the one that's making these final decisions. You're just getting the full spectrum of this is how this can play out. This is what this process looks like. These are the timeline. These are, it's somebody there to help guide you and get you where you need to go in the best possible way. It doesn't mean that your decision power is now gone and now, oh, well, I hired an agent. So, you know, I'm going to have to sell it um, for whatever comes in and whatever Mm -hmm. terms they want. Like listing your home on the market does not mean that you even have to sell it. It's right. just letting, you know, it's it's soliciting it and letting it know that, like, it's it might be an option. <laughs> I well, love that. That's a great point. And a good agent will tell you, hey, I'm working for you. You're the decision right. maker here. I'm mm-hmm. the guide, like Stacey said earlier. And, and you know, it, now sometimes you got to give some hard advice and have some yeah. tough conversations. That's what you want from your attorney, your accountant, you know, your doctor, right, your financial advisor, and your real estate agent, in my view. So I could could not agree with you more there. Next one, um, selling a home as is. This, I think, can be, it can work, it can work both ways. I've, I've done transactions where my clients have sold it as is. Um, and depending on, like, the state of the home, and it, then you need to, like, price accordingly. And there's, you, each one's case by case. But I'm I'm fine with doing as is sales. I think it has to be clearly defined mm-hmm. throughout the listing information mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is it as is and buyers responsible for UNO? There's many components to as right. is. Is it as is sellers will make no repairs, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe if there's inspections, they'll yeah, yeah, they'll concede. So I think that has to be clearly spelled out in the listing information, but right. totally, I, it can happen. Well, yeah. I've had clients buy as-is homes. Right. So. But I, I do think you have to be you have to be careful about, because I think that also sometimes people will jump off the, like, from the get-go as a seller, be like, but we're selling it as-is. And it's like, when you put some of that language in there, that can scare some people off or make you think, like, well, mm-hmm. what's going on here that it's an as-is sale? So I think you have to really weigh the pros and the cons and figure out if it makes sense. Because if it is a good home in good shape with, you know, no major um, defects that are to your knowledge or anything like that, mm-hmm. you might you might be doing a disservice by listing it as is. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. if you let somebody do inspections, they come out, you as the seller can always decide what you want to agree to or not agree to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, uh, for estate sales and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely more common and right. more apparent. Yeah. So what most agents don't realize is that if you read the Pennsylvania Agreement of Sale, it says all property is sold in its current condition subject to inspection contingencies, and there is no obligation by the seller to ever do anything in the inspection. So yeah. every piece of property is sold as is. Yeah. It's just, you, do you, are you going to agree to an inspection or not? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had this conversation with sellers where they negotiate, and they're like, let's sell it as is if we're taking that price. I'm like, great, you did that at the other price. We don't have to do anything on inspections. And, and a lot of people can't articulate that, and I think that's where a problem comes up. Um, some homes, like, I mean, they need a lot of work. You said estates mm-hmm. or if even if it's an older property. And we have a lot of old homes here. You don't want to get involved in doing these high-end renovations. I'm I'm clear you're better off you know pricing where you think it's going to sell for. Yep. So I agree totally with yep. you on that one. I'm going to group these two together. This one blows my mind. Selling a home calculator and selling a home closing costs. 
doesn't blow my mind why it's Googled. It blows my mind that people are having to Google it because it tells me there's something off in the marketplace with the service they're getting from real estate agents. Wait, like, so they use, so that's one of the most Googled things is a selling your home calculator and or selling, selling your home, home closing, closing costs. costs. Yeah. So they're, they're not getting the information from an agent, obviously. Which is against the law if you're signing a contract. You have to give a closing cost estimate in Pennsylvania anytime you give an agreement of sale. Right. You enter into a listing contract, anything like that. So realtors, you need to do better on that one. Mm-hmm. We're getting played off. You're going to be right on time, by the way. I predicted it perfectly. So that's it for this week's episode of Tool Time Real Estate Radio. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacey Mitchell. You can follow Sarah at Ty underscore Ty Time on Instagram. You can follow Stacey at the number two Mitchco. You can follow me at Tom Tool 3RD at Tom Tool 3rd. Thanks for tuning in on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.